So turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16, and uh, we're going to cover a big space of Scripture. So we kicked off two weeks ago, we kicked off two weeks ago, a series for, that, that we're going to keep continue through the summer called Essentials. Essentials. Okay? And what it is, is we're going to talk for the entire summer through the book of Acts about what are the essentials of the church. What are the essentials of the church? Now, you may have heard um, speakers or professors in college talk about a BHAG. How many of you have heard of the BHAG? BHAG? Anybody? Anybody? No, nobody's heard of a BHAG? Okay, a BHAG is this. Your big, hairy, audacious goal. Okay? And so, and so you, you would hear speakers and professors and stuff like that. Um, they, they would get up in front of you and, and, and they would say, Hey, you all need a BHAG. What's your BHAG? Your big, hairy, audacious goal, right? Well, I have a BHAP, okay? A BHAP, all right? How many of you can guess what's coming, right? Your big, hairy, audacious prayer, all right? Your big, hairy, audacious prayer. My big, hairy, audacious prayer, my BHAP is this, that I would pastor a church that reflects the church in Acts, that we would actually be, like, like you sit around in conversations and you read the book of Acts and you're like, man, how awesome would it be to experience God the way that the church at Acts experienced God. And every time I read through the book of Acts, we're going to read through this passage of Scripture this morning where I'm like, that's unbelievable. The perspective that they had, the way that they expected God to move is unreal. And so my behap... My big, hairy, audacious prayer is that we as Summit Church would reflect the church at Acts. In order for us to reflect the church at Acts, we've got to know what was essential to the church at Acts. And so two Sundays ago, two weeks ago, I did a message. Um, the first essential that we see in the book of Acts for the church was the Holy Spirit. Jesus left to make room for the Holy Spirit. And we talked about how, you know, a lot of times we're a little hush-hush when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We're a little, and, and I was even a little nervous this morning because I knew we, with graduates and with, with things like that, I knew we were going to have some guests and some friends and family um, here. And I was, I was a little nervous because I'm like, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is it's just kind of those, one of those weird things that we don't really talk about, right? It's one of those weird things because, because if you talk about the Holy Spirit, then, then, then there's a lot of things that come along with it. But there were two things that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would be to the church, to you, to me. You remember? He said in John chapter 14 that the Holy Spirit would be your helper. The Holy Spirit would be our helper. And then in Acts 1.8, um, uh, Jesus says, and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I don't know about you, but I'm missing Pastor Russ um, this morning. Pastor Russ is in Boston serving with the Navigators for 10 weeks, and he has a saying about our ministry here in New England, specifically Maine, when it comes to Acts 1-8. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He says this, he says, Maine isn't the ends of the earth, but you can see it from here. <laughs> I always think that's pretty good. Because how many of you know we live in a giant mission field right here in New England, right here in Maine? Amen? 
And so I want to talk this morning about how the Holy Spirit is essential to our mission. Not only because He's our helper, not only because He's our power, but here's something if you're writing notes, write this down. God will meet us at the level of our expectation. Did you catch that? God will meet us at the level of our expectation. Because here's, here's my fear for us as the church. Here's my fear for us as the church of Jesus Christ this morning. That we walk in Sunday after Sunday, 9 or 10.30, right? We walk in, and I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We walk in and we just say, okay, we're going to walk through the motions this morning. Where are we eating lunch? Okay, we need to beat everybody else to that lunch place. So here's the deal. Don't talk to anybody when you leave. Just duck your head, pretend you're sick, get out. Right? Uh, some of you are like, oh man, that's us. <sighs> he must have heard. Yeah, we've got your cars tapped. It's okay. Um, right? But, 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 but my fear is that we, we, we fall into this trap of just walking through the motions, and yet we don't feel God. We don't feel this power of the Holy Spirit. We don't feel, we don't feel very, very righteous. The reason is God is meeting you at your level of expectation. If we're just content with walking through the motions, guess what? We're going to miss out on God in a lot of different ways. If we're just content with walking through the motions, we're going to miss out on God. So we talked about a couple weeks ago. I told you we got a lot of work to do in Acts 16, but um, there, there's some things that I, I need to remind you of. And then Ian, Pastor Ian preached an incredible message last Sunday. Anybody here? Anybody that was here last Sunday? You were blessed. You were blessed. I listened to it Sunday afternoon. Whew, I thought, man, i got to hurry up and get back to Maine so I can get my job back. Um, because he did a phenomenal job. But, but, but one of the things we talked about two weeks ago, last thing before we jump into the message, is we talked about how the Holy Spirit inside of us is greater than the Jesus beside us. Listen to that again. The Holy Spirit inside of you is greater than the Jesus beside you. Because so many of us, we think, oh man, you know, I can't wait to talk to Daniel, or I can't wait to, to talk to Shadrach, Meshach, and that old billy goat. You know, I can't wait to, I, I can't wait to talk to some of these Old Testament people. Not, it wasn't a billy goat, it was a bednigo, but you can tell I've seen VeggieTales once or ten times. Okay, um, but we, but we think, oh man, I would just love to talk to somebody from the Old Testament because they just saw God move. They experienced God move. But, but one of the things we talked about is how they were waiting, right? The cloud of fire by day, the, the, the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, right? And, and that was what they followed. We have that inside of us every day. So what's going to happen is when we get to heaven, old Daniel's going to come running up to Maryland and say, Maryland, what was it like to have the Holy Spirit living inside of you every day? You're going to come up to Miss Francis and say, what was it like to have the Holy Spirit living inside of you each and every day? day. Because here's the reality. What the Holy Spirit is all about, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? Three in one, one in three. We'll talk, about, we'll talk more about that next week, okay? What the Holy Spirit is all about is pursuing people. The Holy Spirit is on a pursuit 
And his pursuit is people. His pursuit is you. His pursuit is me. I had an experience Thursday morning where I was supposed to speak at 7.30. 7.30 in the morning. And, and, and I felt God moving me toward a message. A message that, that I spoke here actually a, a, a while ago called Come to the Table. And I, and I thought, man, I really like, I, I need to, I, I just kind of feel, but, but I'm like, no, I don't want to, I, I, that's going to be too heavy, that's going to be too big, I just feel like I, I can't go there. And, and so I had planned something a little safer, just in, in pastors, you know, whatever. I just planned something a little bit safer, just a little more generic, just to get up and, you know, just kind of, just kind of, you know, speak the word. It was still going to be a challenging message, but it wasn't that, that message that I really felt drawn to. And so I'd gotten my iPad all queued up. My notes was from, from my computer to my iPad. I'd gone in and, and done that. And so then I walk over to the gym where I'm about to speak, and I walk in, and the worship leader is singing this song called Come to the Table. And I literally walked in and I said, are you kidding me? Like out loud. Like, are you kidding me? And this guy that, that's like the area director of Johnny and Friends, I think he thought I was crazy because he heard me and he kind of looked at me and was like, are you, you okay? You okay, Bo? You know, like, do we need to have a counseling session for you? And, and I said, and so then I threw my backpack down and I was like almost frustrated because, you know, I, I, with myself that I didn't listen a little closer and I, and I changed my entire notes and went back to that message. And God moved greatly Thursday morning in that message. And you know, it's because I, I shared that experience with the people I was talking to and I said, it's almost like Almost like God's in control. <laughs> I mean, a couple of more experiences like this, and I'll really believe God's in control. See, the reality is when I stand up and speak in front of you, when I stand up and speak in front of those people in Greenfield, New Hampshire, when I stand up and speak anywhere, when I, when I come meet with you for coffee, when I come and hang out with you at a table, the reality is what we have to grasp is that we are all vessels that the Holy Spirit is using in His pursuit of people. We are at our best when in humility we see ourselves as empty, broken vessels before God saying, God, if there's anything in me, if there's anything good, use it. For your glory. Because the Holy Spirit's pursuit is people. The Holy Spirit inside of us is greater than the Jesus beside us. And so what I want to talk to you about this morning is Holy, the Holy Spirit's pursuit of people. You can call it evangelism. You can call it uh, discipleship. Um, but, but, but the reality in this, and, and, and what I want to talk to you about this morning, is evangelism. Evangelism is joining God in the conversation that He's already having with people. Evangelism is joining God in the conversations that He's already having with people. See, we partner with the Holy Spirit in evangelism by joining the conversations He's already having with people. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us, but operates outside of us. So Acts chapter 16, we've got a lot to read. Let's read verses 6 through 
12. Real quick. This is going to seem like some travel plans here in the book of Acts, but I want you to grab on to the point here. Starting Acts 16, verse 6. And they went through the region of Fer- I almost said Fergie. Um, Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So, setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace and the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi which we just finished reading his letter to Philippi which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony we remained in this city for some days now what I want you to grasp here point number one is this that the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is pursuing people Because notice the travel plans here. These guys wanted to go certain places, but the Spirit of God forbid them, right? The Spirit of God forbid them. Forbid them from going to Asia. He stopped them from going to Bithynia. He wanted them to go to Macedonia. Why? Because he wanted to use them there. I mean, I mean, one of, the, one of the greatest stories here, one of the greatest illustrations here from the Old Testament would be Jonah. Right? Would be Jonah. God called Jonah to... Nineveh, right? But yet he boarded a ship to Tarshish. So you guys know the story, right? And then he got swallowed up by the big fish. Not necessarily a whale, big fish, right? Can you imagine the smell in that big fish? Like, that's one thing I want to ask Jonah when I get to heaven. Hey, bro, how was that smell? Anyway, um, but the, the, the reality in that passage is that, is that when God called Jonah to Nineveh, Jonah was here, he boarded a ship to Tarshish, which is the exact opposite direction. And yet we think all the time, oh man, Jonah, how could he do that? But how many times do we do that in our everyday life? Where God has called us, where God has specifically placed someone in our path to have a conversation with, and we go down the direct opposite aisle in the grocery store to completely avoid them. God has placed somebody directly in our path for restoration. But yet we go the complete opposite direction. Say, nope, nope, nope. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. The Holy Spirit is pursuing people. Keep reading. Verses 13 through 15 say this. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. I want you to notice something really quickly here. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. God will meet us at the level of our expectation. 
Paul didn't have a fancy uh, um, setup. Paul didn't have smoke machines. Paul didn't have a really cool illustration. Paul didn't have any of that. It wasn't Paul's words. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what God was saying through Paul. Did you catch that? Verse 15, and after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed, and she prevailed upon us. So not only is the Holy Spirit pursuing people, the Holy Spirit is preparing hearts. The Holy Spirit is preparing hearts. The Holy Spirit is preparing our hearts. The Holy Spirit is preparing the hearts of the people that we come in contact with. We're just joining the conversation that the Holy Spirit is having with people. See, Lydia, a cultured, successful, well-traveled, high-society woman, she, had, she was already having a conversation with the Holy Spirit when Paul came on the scene. The Lord opened her heart, and she was an influencer. Because then, after she was baptized, it says her and her entire household. But I want you to notice something. Catch this, church. It was immediate. It was immediate here. Look there at verse 15. And after she was baptized, her household as well, she urged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed among us. You have baptism, you have community, and you have hospitality. Immediately. Immediately. Baptism, community, hospitality. See, hear me, church. That's how the Holy Spirit works, and that's how the church grows. Right there. Through that one-on-one conversation as the Holy Spirit moved and, 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 and Paul joined the conversation that the Holy Spirit was already having with Lydia, immediately she was baptized. Immediately she was baptized. Immediately she came into fellowship and community with the other people that were in Christ right there. And then that led to hospitality. That led to hospitality. See, okay, okay, Can we, time out. Because I, I, know, I know what you're thinking. I know our human tendency when we come to this place. Oh, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. You want us to go get more people. You just want the church to grow. You're, you're wanting us to, you know, to, to be more aware of the people around us. Can I tell you something I heard one time that just totally wrecked me? when it comes to numbers. Because, you know, it's almost like pastors can't talk about numbers. Right? Because, because oh, well then you're, you're just about the numbers. You're just about the numbers. That's not true, but here's the truth. Every number has a name. Every single one of you in here have a name, right? You have a name. Every number has a name. Every name has a story. Each one of you has a story that you're walking in here with. You have a story of how you were brought into this place this morning. Every number has a name. Every name has a story. And get this, every story matters to God. Every story matters to God. So do I want to see the people that are not engaged in community and fellowship with the church come to know Jesus? Yes! Does that mean they have to worship here? Absolutely not! They can worship anywhere as long as it's a gospel-believing, Bible-preaching, Jesus-loving church. 
Maybe throw in spirit-led there. We ought to be, hear me, on some level, we ought to be, as the church of Jesus, concerned about the numbers. How many people are you coming in contact with right now that if they died right now would spend eternity in hell? And if that number doesn't concern you, I'm concerned for you. Because Jesus didn't go through everything that He went through so that we could play church casual, so that we could do this safe. He did it so that He could grip by the power of His Holy Spirit and spend eternity in heaven with Him. Just read John. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. Jesus doesn't say I'm a way, a truth, a life. He says I am the way, the truth, the life. All right, we've got to get moving. I told you guys, we've got a lot of work to do. Stop distracting me. <laughs> All right, so we've got to read verses 16 through 36, okay? So follow, follow along with me here, okay? As we were going to the place of prayer, <coughs> we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us crying out, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this kept doing, excuse me, and, she, and, and this she kept doing for many days. Paul having become greatly annoyed. I love that verse. Paul having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to get out of her. And it came out that very hour. So this, this woman who was controlled by this, this Spirit was going around following Paul and these folks for days, you know, proclaiming that these, are, that these are ministers of the Most High God. Right? Which was basically selling them out. Selling them out. Because look what happens next. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them and magistrates torn their garments off them and gave them orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Well, hey, you know what? It's okay because God loves me. He's only going to call me to save things. Do you see? Do you see what these men were called to? Do you see what they did for the sake of Christ? God calls us. Hear me, church. Hear me, summit. Because we've walked through this these last few months. We've walked through this this last year. And we're about to walk through it even more. And so if you want to hear this, hear this. God will meet us at the level of, expect, of our expectation. But we've got to recognize that God, through His Spirit, calls us to hard things. Calls us to hard things calls us to hard things. It's not always going to be easy. You are going to want to quit. I am with you in that.
There are days where I plead with God, enough! Enough! God, I didn't give my life to You to, to, to do this. And God's just like, do you trust me? That's not a fair question. Is this vulnerable enough? God didn't say this merger was going to be easy. God didn't say that being a Christian and being the church was going to be easy. And it's not. I mean, I mean, look at what we've signed up for. Beaten with rods, and yet we're, com- we're complaining about what? Seriously? I mean, I mean, I think this is a little bit more pleasant than that. God never said it was going to be easy. My question for us is, what if our... What if our inconvenience is right where God wants us? Look at verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas, i got to finish this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, now here's the thing. If I'm in stocks in the inner prison for the Gospel of Jesus Christ, then I'm a little shaken right there in that moment. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, how can I escape from this? How can I? But these guys were crazy. They're singing. They're praising God. The Holy Spirit put us here. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. Because that would have been detrimental to his job. He had one job. And if they escaped, he was, was going to get worse. And so he just figured, I'll end it right now. But Paul... Verse 28, cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke, to the, uh, they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once. There you go. You see it again. Immediately, he and all his family. And then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. But when it was the day, the magistrates sent to the police saying, let these men go. And the jailer reported the words to Paul saying, the magistrates have sent to you to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. You know, I wonder, I wonder, and this is, this is not proven anywhere or anything like that, but how cool would it be the same jailer that beat them with rods is the same one that Paul then later baptized? 
Whew. How amazing would it be? See, we have a choice. We can choose to escape or embrace. See, what we have to recognize here, not only is the Holy Spirit pursuing people, not only is the Holy Spirit preparing hearts, but the Holy Spirit is positioning us. He's positioning us. See, the Holy Spirit cares about people that we're blind to. So we can't run from the painful places. Paul saw the purpose, not just the place. Our position is our mission. Stop trying to escape. Stop trying to run. Stop trying to ask for it to be a little easier. Embrace the place where He has us. See, the Holy Spirit seeks them all by positioning His people in their path. And so what does that look like for you? Where, where does God have you right now? And you're like, you know what? God, anything but this. Anything but this. Anything but this. Our response to the place where the Holy Spirit has us is essential to the mission. James chapter 1, James, the half brother of Jesus, writes, Consider it joy, my pure consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of various kinds. For the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its Complete works so that you might be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Sometimes God permits that which He hates to accomplish that which He loves. And there's some of you right now that are walking through something. There's some of you right now walking through a season of confusion or hardship. That may be right where God has you to accomplish His work in and through you. So will you embrace it? Will you embrace it? And will you bloom right where He has planted you to be faithful with the mission that He's placed in front of you? There's so many more things I want to say. But we'll save them. We were going to stop with the Holy Spirit this week, but I think we've got one more message we've got to do next week. And so, to be continued.